If you enjoy our podcast, please consider supporting Glass Tire. All of the money we raise, since we are a nonprofit, goes right back into our coverage of Texas's art and artists. Our coverage is supported thanks to readers and listeners like you. If you would like to contribute, you can do so at glasstire.com forward slash donate. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hello, and welcome to Art Dirt. This is the Glass Tire podcast where we talk about topical art topics. I'm William Saradet. And I'm Lauren Schultz. And today we're in Fredericksburg, Texas. We're about an hour and a half west of Austin. Um, I'm here speaking with Lauren Schultz, who is a contributor to Glass Tire. She recently relocated to Fredericksburg to be a reporter out here uh, for their newspaper. So I just thought we would have a conversation today about reporting, um, given that Lauren, you're from the North Texas region and you may have moved to a small town, but you're actually professionalizing your writing career um, at this early stage in, in your career. And so just to give a little introduction, Lauren, uh, I wanted to ask, um, how did you end up here? Where did you start and how did you get where we are today? Uh, so I think I met you a couple of years ago when you had returned from undergrad uh, and you were interested in writing and that's sort of where our conversation began. Yes, that's true. I met you a couple years ago learning more about arts writing and I just wanted to learn everything that I could and speak to all the people that I could about the practice of writing and doing it professionally. Um, so I was freelancing for a long time, but I've always wanted to work on staff somewhere. I remember being very young and learning that you could actually write for a job, and I thought it was the coolest thing. And I finally get to do it here. And I'm happy to be reporting for a newspaper and learn about a community in depth. My own path took a little longer than yours did. Um, I started writing several years after college. So I just thought it was so interesting that someone who kind of had access to an urban center um, intentionally moved out to work for a newspaper and continue writing. So the slight distinction is that when you contribute to Glass Tire, you're covering exhibitions, you're writing about fine art, you're usually writing about contemporary art, stuff that's new, that's just coming out. Um, but here in Fredericksburg, you're gonna do general reporting, uh, and that may encompass cultural and art events. But just, just to make a slight distinction to the listener, that um, this conversation kind of encapsulates writing in general and it's it's not always fine art writing we love it when it is um, but this state is huge and there's a lot to write about so in your contributions to glass tire and kind of in that first conversation we had all those months ago i was excited to meet a young writer looking to find their voice uh, and i'm wondering if you can tell the listener 
what your focus is when you're looking for exhibitions or what kind of aspects within fine art that you like to highlight or magnify? Early on when I met you, um, I was very focused on sustainability and environmental issues. That's really the first area that I wrote about. It was a Robert Jackson Harrington show at St. Edward's University, the Fine Arts Center that I covered. And from there, I think I really jumped into more of those stories. I went to the Houston Center for Contemporary Craft to see a show called Nothing Goes to Waste. And I don't, I don't remember specifically how many artists were represented, but it, it was huge. So many from across the state. And it's cheesy, but it, it was very inspiring to see so many people making art with not only found objects, but creating their own materials. And I, I think we need to see a lot more of that because so much can go to waste. And, you know, that was the theme, of course. Later, I got to cover Natalie Wadlington's show at the Contemporary in Dallas. It was called Places That Grow. And that was a little bit different because she was painting about more environmentally conscious subjects, I suppose. Uh, they're all mostly scenes in gardens outside. It's really joyful. And so we're in Fredericksburg now. Um, it's more remote than Austin or DFW. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, it is a drive westward. We're in wine country. It's kind of pastoral. Um, great architecture but so there's not a lot of museums or galleries out here though there are fine art galleries on the strip um, a lot of them are landscape painting paintings of horses indigenous themes um, but you know just a different scene than than the metro area that you came from so I guess I'm wondering what kind of reporting you've gotten up to so far. Yeah, what have you been working on up till this point since you're still quite fresh in the region? It's definitely very different. I mean, in Dallas, I was going to shows all the time, um, going to museums, you know, as often as I could. Um, even if I'd already seen them, I'd see the same thing like five different times sometimes. Uh, and before that, when I was in school in Chicago at SAIC, I went to the Art Institute like every day, just spent so many hours there. And I can't do that here, which is sad, but I'd say it makes it a little bit more special when I go in to the city now. Now I'm focusing on people much more than art which is incredibly different, but at the same time very similar because so much of art is about people. It's about our emotions, our experiences, la-di-da, you know, all of that. But now I've kind of gotten into the history of the town here. There is a lot of it. Um, it's a historically German settlement, um, so I've been 
connecting with locals. Right. Fredericksburg seems like it has kind of a, I, I mean, I'll use the word singular, but more like a, a focused history on the German settlement, the way the city began. And you can see it. I just walked through the library. I just walked through the courthouse. Um, just to take a look inside and see if they had any paintings on the wall, um, what like the old books looked like. It was really pretty. So as compared to like a big bustling giant metropolis that's very diverse and has many, many layers of community, this place is firstly smaller, but also the history seems to be more focused. So I guess I'm wondering how or if that has brought anything to light now that it's your vocation to cover it. Um, like you said, in the past, there's a lot of shows that you had access to and you would maybe even go multiple times. And now all of that attention is shifting to something maybe a little more central and more singular. I don't know if you'd agree with that or not. I would. Stories are very much condensed. You know, um, we're a weekly newspaper, so I've only got a few days sometimes, but longer pieces have been really exciting to work on. And in those, I'm trying, I'm trying to highlight some of the voices that aren't heard so much. Although it is historically German, there were other people here too. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I spoke with a man named Dr. Phillips, Paul Phillips III, and his family has lived here since the 1850s. That's a lie. They've been here since before then, a long time, and they were enslaved. And there is a cemetery that's a historical cemetery in the state of Texas, and there was a specific section which they called the colored people's section. And not a lot of people know about it. They don't know that it's there. And because it's such a small town and a lot of the original settlers, their descendants still live here, people go on tours in the cemetery all the time. You can walk through there and see someone that was buried in seven, something and say hey that's my ancestor it's it's pretty cool but not a lot of people know about this section and he's done a lot of work in trying to find the families because a lot of them have moved away they've done sonar scans of the land to find if there are more unmarked graves these are important things to know that it wasn't all just about the Germans who came here. Um, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun on these stories, but it's also important to learn about. Well, thank you for clarifying that. Uh, given that it's my first time in Fredericksburg and I'm, I'm just walking around during the free time I have, looking at the facades of buildings, sometimes going inside of them, um, maybe doing a little research at the library. The, the German culture is worn very much on the sleeve of this place. Uh, you know, they're proud of it, and it obviously is like a nice branding for a town to have that. Tourists seem to really like it. Um, 
we had a conversation earlier today, just kind of in light preparation for our discussion now, where you had said, you had stated that this opportunity, given that the focus is off of art and more on the community and people, and you were looking forward to that and interested in that, not because you're leaving art, but because that sounds like a big motivation for you um, within writing and within art too, that like at the core of a lot of it is people, human connection, emotions. So it sounds like you'll get a pretty in-depth relationship to this place uh, in the course of covering it. Yes, that's true. That's what I'm hoping to do. You know, in other Texas towns that have a long history, like Galveston, there are there's also historic cemeteries, um, and it's interesting that you get to sort of investigate that and learn the layers of society uh, through investigating that. Yes, you're very right about that. I'm I'm seeing the strata of society very clearly. And it's also interesting, like you're saying, there are many historical cemeteries across the state, over a thousand registered by the state of Texas. Um, and there are qualifications to be registered, which I think is interesting. Who gets to say who's important, you know? And 10 different locations every year are selected so that they don't have to pay to receive markers and the rest do have to pay thousands of dollars. So it's, it's interesting to learn why that is, kind of continue to ask these questions and, and being a reporter, that's really exciting. I get to do as many follow-up stories as I can. You know, I, I just keep asking, keep investigating with all sorts of issues social, about the water systems, whatever it may be. And these are the things that impact our daily lives. And, and I think moving from writing about art has been partially me wanting to do something more active. I think there can be a lot of complacency in viewing art. I love art. I, I love it so much. I, I couldn't be here without it. But at a certain point, I feel like I need to do more personally. And so for me, right now, writing is my art, which is a little bit of a twist, but... That's kind of what I've been telling people for the past X number of years. You know, sometimes people ask, are you an artist? And um, I feel conflicted because that's my degree, is art. But I have since dedicated my creative endeavors to writing. And um, yeah, I mean, I kind of see it the same way. It's, it's your personal practice, right? Like you can still draw and paint. You could even do it professionally, you know, uh, or more seriously, like pursuing it in kind of a vocational way. But um, part of the reason why, you know, we're even talking today is because uh, when we met when you had reached out you were expressing your interest in writing and 
given that you were so young and starting, like literally starting your career uh, at like moment one when I had met you, I thought, well, that's kind of like fun and interesting to see somebody at the very beginning of their professional practice and where it's going to go. And also writers are not, writers are kind of less visible than artists, I, I would argue. Um, it's, it's a visual medium in a way, like you have to read it, right? But, uh, and it's just as intellectual as art, but I, I don't know. Sometimes I think about when you read a book, you go all the way through, and then at the end of the interior jacket, that's when you see the picture of the person that wrote the book. And it's, to me, that's kind of like a symbol of how this medium treats personality or how personality integrates with the medium of writing. Um, I would agree with that. It's the personality is intertwined through the words. Um, and, and that's kind of the beauty of it. Of course, you, you want to know who the writers are, but sometimes it's nice to have that anonymity and not knowing exactly who is telling you. I don't know. Uh, you want to know, but... Yeah, it's it's almost like the opposite of being an actor, where like actors don't write their own words, but their entire performance is encapsulated in their face and their body. As writers, um, we're not really physically performing, we're kind of mentally working through things and then putting it on the page, and that's what you consume. You don't really consume our appearance. Um, and I also, like, I, align myself with your feelings. I kind of like that relationship for whatever reason. Um, and I, I enjoyed presenting art, but I think there was something that clicked that was more rewarding when I learned that I could kind of write down my internal monologue and then publish it, and that could be the product. And then I didn't have to like stand in front of it at a reception and, and greet everybody um that's fun too but it's like a little more taxing for me than it is to have a serious thought that i that i feel strongly about and then put it out and it can kind of just be on the page forever i was also interested to talk to you because um you mentioned that being a reporter um you get to ask as many follow-up questions as you want it's both your job but it's also you know that's the space that you're afforded. Um, and I wonder if that's kind of the motivation for that you had for formally linking yourself to a publication. Um, I know that I appreciate having a direct relationship with the publication because it means maybe I can go somewhere and I can visit somebody, maybe see a show, and then uh, six months later, if that artist that was exhibiting uh, shows somewhere else or maybe if there's like a festival that happens later that kind of adds another dimension to the thing that I was looking into because I have that relationship um, I can just plumb that topic even deeper so I guess my question is like, was that sort of a driving motivation for you to come out here and do this work? Rather than being a contributor, like I said, I get to do this every day, full time. I can spend hours researching and that's my job. I'm, I'm getting paid for that. Whereas 
when I'm contributing or freelancing for things, you're really kind of, you know, squeezing in a day job or squeezing in the freelancing. And I, I don't think it should be like that. There are so many things to go into with that. But yes, it, it does feel good to write for a publication. And, and this one has been around for more than 120 years. It's a special place and there's community and it's still got the newsroom, which not a lot of places have. A lot has gone to Zoom, but it's special being able to go in and ask Sherry, who's in the cubicle across from me, who's worked there for 50 years, uh, some random question if she knows so-and-so, and then she'll rattle off their entire family history. She's a human encyclopedia, so there are aspects to being at a newspaper that I really enjoy. Wow, that's so interesting. That's kind of the convergence of a couple of things that um, I'm drawn to about Texas towns, smaller Texas towns, older towns, is that the social fabric is a little more tenured. Um, every, you know, people know each other. There's like a history that's not getting wiped away with every generation. Uh, I think maybe for people like us, a newspaper is a very attractive institution. It's older than ourselves, it's bigger than ourselves, and it's just kind of an ethic. It contains ethics that are not as prioritized in the modern world. Just like you mentioned, a lot of newsrooms have uh, downsized, maybe they've become telematic. You mentioned Zoom meetings. I mean, even with Glass Tire, the beauty of what we do is that we have the means to cover a really large region and a really complex, and that's a really complex set of tasks and responsibilities. Um, but that means we can't all be in the same room on the same day all the time, you know, and there's pros and cons. There's things you have to, there's things you have to take with every kind of vocation and every set of tools that you're given. Um, but I think that was part of my motivation for, uh, hearing your story and hearing what you were doing is because I don't know that there's a lot of people, even in large cities that have the opportunity to go work in a newsroom. Um, that's so interesting. Yeah, a lot of it is in the field. And even now, you know, I'll run out and go to this event or someone else will be missing for a few hours. But it's exciting that way. We get to not be chained to a desk all day. It's very active. You mentioned enjoying the fact that you get paid to research and we were looking over your pile of books in your apartment. Uh, I can tell that you enjoy reading and you like to research. I've been picking up more books this year. I'm making a conscious decision to read um, things that are not just like reference material or like factual didactic stuff, which is very useful to writing, of course. Um, and I love reference books anyway, but I'm reading a lot more fiction, translated works. Uh, I guess I'm wondering what you're enjoying reading lately. Lately, I've been reading Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zahner. Um, 
I'm not finished with it yet, but I am thoroughly enjoying it. I've always loved her music with Japanese Breakfast. And so it's, it's fascinating to get something so personal. Of course, music and her lyrics are very personal as well, but that's more poetic.、Um, and this is a memoir about her mother, whom she lost. I also see a lot of Didion on your, on your shelves. Um, that's great. Yes, I, I'm definitely a Joan Didion lover.、Um, honestly, when I first took this job, I kind of read her essays like a religious text almost, you know?、Um, she has an essay called Why I Write, which is very famous, and it keeps me going at points. And she talks in some essays about low points. And you wouldn't expect one of the greatest American writers to have gone through some of those things. You know, it's funny, it's funny that we talk about Didion. I read her book, Salvador, after I went to El Salvador and came back、um, because I became enamored and so, just so fascinated with the country. And because I'm not fluent in Spanish, it's a little hard for me to access, you know, kind of like the Spanish language. Texts coming out of Latin America or Central America, I should say. So I thought, well, you know, the book is not long. I'm interested in the subject. I'll give it a go. And she's an interesting writer, but I, I think it was just a really interesting lesson in how, as readers and writers, we can engage with place. And given that、um, it sounds like you're going to have a pretty Attenuated relationship to Fredericksburg in the future. I wonder, do you think that that might lead to personal writing projects about the region? Can you imagine yourself kind of encountering a writing project that's maybe a little more personal where you're telling the story of? The people and the life of Fredericksburg? I absolutely do. I don't think I necessarily see myself writing a Western or anything like that, <laughs> but I could see how I might start to infuse cultural notes from this area into personal writings. First, I'll say I hope you continue to cover exhibitions for Glass Tire at whatever point that you can. But I think it's smart of you to maybe find a smaller market and not to take the focus off of art, but to sort of deepen your understanding of、um, the place that you're in. I can imagine that that will only kind of、uh, enrich and enliven any writing you do, including art criticism and. You know, exhibition reviews. At the end of the day, it's all about people, and learning more about people is never a bad thing. So I'll be doing a whole lot of that. You know, I'm enormously privileged to see as much of the country as I, as I get to. But I was kind of telling you earlier today,、uh, I got a nail in my tire. I'm driving from place to place.、Um, of course, it's, it's very interesting, it's very exciting. But I don't get to have like a day to day relationship with every city, you know? Like, that's obviously not possible.、Um, 
And so I'm always drawn to people and places that are just a little bit off of the map. They're maybe like not at the very top of the tourism list or whatever, because I think those people are really what round out just the what's so interesting about life. Um, and so I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's smart of you to have figured that out so early. And I think it'll just make whatever you do next in the future that much more interesting. And with that, we're going to wrap up for today. Um, we'll be back in two weeks with another Art Dirt. In the meantime, you may check our calendar for our listings of fine art exhibitions across the state. And be sure to go see some art. Go see some art. This podcast was recorded by Glass Tire and edited by William Saradet. Copyright Glass Tire 2023.